Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Are you a new real estate investor and you're still struggling to get your first deal because you don't have the funding? Or are you a wholesaler? You've received some assignment fees, but there's deals that you want to stay in, but you don't have the funding. Or are you a seasoned real estate investor? You've done a ton of deals, but you're sick and tired of high interest rates, hard money loans, and you just want to get more funding for your deals. Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, don't go anywhere because I'm getting ready to plug you into the money right now. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast. I'm Jay Connor, known as the Private Money Authority. And here on the Private Money Academy podcast, of course, we always talk about private money. In addition to that, I always have amazing experts and guests come join me here on the podcast to talk about their different expertise in real estate investing. And we cover all types of topics uh, today, you're going to be really, really excited to hear what my guest has to say. But first, as I just did a moment ago, I promised you that whether you're a new real estate investor, a wholesaler, or a seasoned real estate investor, and you just need more funding for your deals, well, wow, have I got a big surprise and a gift for you. You see, I just recently released my brand new book, which is titled Where to Get the Money Now, subtitle how and where to get money for your real estate deals without relying on traditional or hard money lenders. We released it. It the very first day became an Amazon bestseller. And this book, I guarantee you, 
will get funding for you, show you exactly how to get funding for your real estate deals without relying on traditional banks, mortgage lenders, hard money lenders, etc. There's five easy steps in this book that will reveal to you exactly how I went from losing my lines of credit uh, to getting over $2 million in less than 90 days once I start in, uh, employing these methods. You see, I've been investing in real estate here in Eastern North Carolina full-time since 2003. Rehabbed over 420 houses. Our average profits are $67,000 per deal that we do. Well, the funding in this book will show you exactly how to never miss out on a deal if you didn't have the funding. So here's the deal. You can go to Amazon. It'll cost you 20 bucks plus shipping, but I'm going to give you the book for free if you'll just cover delivery. Here's the URL where I will ship the book out to you right away at www.jayconner.com forward slash book. That's jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash book. And we'll rush that right out to you. Well, today my guest is a good friend. We're in a mastermind together. Well, he is the founder of the virtual investor. That's right. He is a virtual investor and virtual wholesaler. He's been flipping properties all the way back since 2001. And he actually is the original virtual wholesaler. And he's purchased all over the U.S. since 2009 virtually. In addition to that, my guest has bought and sold properties in 44 out of 50 states and continues to look at expanding into new markets. Now, in addition to that, he contributes his success to utilizing systems and processes that simplify the online buying process. He's focused exclusively on online auctions, bank REOs, buying off of the MLS, and wholesalers across the country since 2013. I'm so excited to have my friend and uh, uh, fellow mastermind member, Paul Lazelle. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on here, Paul. And of course, we're going to be seeing each other again here pretty soon at one of our upcoming mastermind uh, meetings. And today we want to hear all about what it's like to be a virtual wholesaler. What in the world does that mean? And what's that process look like? But before you get started on all that, tell us, how'd you get into real estate? It's an interesting story. So let's go back to the 1990s when I was in college. I was working for my uncle, who's a general contractor, and he bought a quad quadplex, a four-unit building. We fixed it up, renovated it. He turned around, rented it out was making pretty good profits on this property too, and still had a lot of equity in it. So that kind of stoked my interest in real estate. And that point on, after he bought a few more and we renovated them and I was going through college, I decided this is something I got to get into. It's got to be my long-term goal. So I did. And basically in 2001, I started my first property. Unlike him, was a fix and flip. I got into that so I could build up some cash. Eventually did build up, get some rentals as well, but stuck with the wholesaling, the fix and flip game owner finance game and been doing that ever since. That's awesome. So, so were you doing fix and flips a while before you started doing wholesaling or were you doing wholesaling and fix and flips like simultaneously, like right out the gate? Well, I really started in the fix and flip game. And then when I had too many flip deals going on, 
I did a couple wholesale deals. And I started to realize kind of easy doing these wholesale deals. So after the crash of 2008, 2009, when all the market you know, was just tanking, if you remember that well, I'm sure, I decided, all right, let's go more to the wholesale game and turn them and burn them. And we did that. And we still did fix and flips. Don't get me wrong. We kept those good deals, did fix and flips on them, kept some good deals, did some rentals, some owner financing. But we um, basically became virtual wholesalers at that point. We started expanding. We started in Pennsylvania, where I was originally from. I just moved here to Florida this past month. But originally, I'm from about 45 minutes north of Philadelphia. And so I started in that market, expanded out, went to Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Delaware, Ohio, Indiana, the Carolinas, which I love and where you're from. You know, and then I started going down to Florida, Texas, before you know it, bought and sold in 44 to 50 states. So first of all, let's make sure everybody understands what we're talking about when we say wholesale a deal. There's more than one way to wholesale a deal. So what's your definition of wholesaling and what's that look like? So for most people, they think of wholesaling is getting a property under contract from a seller and assigning that contract and collecting an assignment fee. So for us buying bank-owned properties, and we do a few of those, don't get me wrong, we do a few of those years, we get some of those referrals. But primarily what we do with auction properties or bank-owned or HUD properties, we have to buy them, take them down, and then resell them. So it's a, it's a wholesale, it's just we actually have to take down the property. So we do need the funds to be able to purchase it, whether we use transactional funding, private lending, as you're great at, at raising money, we do as, as well. We love the raising money game and using private lending for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of the same deal as it is with the assignment of contract. It's just we actually take it down. So we show ownership at one point. So what's the advantage of actually buying the house instead of getting it under contract and then uh, collecting an assignment fee? I guess, you know, in certain states, there's been a crackdown. I think Tennessee and Illinois had a crackdown of wholesalers where they're making them be licensed realtors. So I think, you know, this kind of negates that because you're actually purchasing the property, right? You're showing you have the vested interest, not just the vested interest or equitable interest. You actually purchased it and took it down. So you have the right to do what you want to it afterwards and nothing can come back. So from a legal standpoint, we're probably the safest and best. I am licensed in Pennsylvania. I probably will get licensed in Florida and occasionally we'll do some of those assignment deals. But for the most part, we just take them down resell them. And in this market, as you know, wholetailing has been unbelievable. Just getting the property in decent enough shape to get be mortgageable, reselling it, not you know sitting on it for six, seven months while the rehab's getting done, while the showings are going on. It's much quicker. You know, you're in and out in 30 days at the most, and you're hopefully selling it in 30 to 45 days in this market right now. Too. So it's been much quicker and better. Right. So the reason you actually buy the house and, uh, and, and, and take ownership of it is that way, regardless of where you're doing business, you don't have to worry about there being issues with just collecting an assignment fee. Am I hearing you right on that? Absolutely. I mean, that's, we would prefer to do it without having to have all the cash and buy it, but the banks don't allow you. So if you buy a property from the bank, you can't just assign it to another buyer. You must take it down in your name. And you can do things. We've done things in trust. You know, trusts are great. But the problem with that is unless it's an investor that's a buyer investor that's trust in you and understands what you're doing, that you know what you're doing, they usually don't want to buy your trust. Or if you put it in LLC and sell them that LLC, they don't usually want to buy it. And I totally understand that. They're going to want to put it in their own. 
So, you know, we've run into that in the past with Fannie Mae. Fannie Mae had that anti-flipping. You couldn't sell it for more than 20% of what you paid for, I think it was 90 days after the deed was recorded. Not when you purchased, but when the deed was recorded. So um, with those properties, we either had to do something off the HUD or we just had to wait those 90 days and then just sell it to them at that point, which has other risks. But, you know, it's overall, if you're making profits, I'm all right with that. There you go. So when you're buying the houses in today's market, um, are you primarily selling them to other real estate investors at a profit or are you selling them to uh, people that are actually going to move in and own the home themselves and live in it? In this market, we've done more to end buyers. The people are going to live in there than in the past. Typically, we sell it to other investors for the most part. But in this market, the way it's been and the kind of properties that we targeted, We've kind of pivoted and gone to um, less of the train wreck properties, you know, that need everything and more to the ones that just need a little bit, you know, to get it back in mortgageable and then resell. So we've kind of pivoted a little bit just in this market to try to take advantage of what's there. Go after the low lying fruit rather than everything else. I got you. I know it's going to depend on the market. I mean, you're in all kinds of markets all over the nation, but what kind of profits are you seeing in today's market doing the business the way you do it? So our wholesale profits are generally around $12,000 per deal. And that's your standard wholesale. If we're wholetailing it, we're around 32. And, you know, the full scale fix and flip, we're in anywhere from probably close to your number, that's 67,000. But we've had plenty that have been 80, 100, 120. So especially in this market over the past year. So it's it's been nice. But those are your full scale rehabs. And those were the home runs, obviously. They're not not your average. (laughs) Right. And we've already said it, but I want to make sure our audience understands it. Tell everybody what wholetailing is versus wholesaling. Great point. So wholetailing is more or less where you're getting a property. It just needs some paint, some carpet. It doesn't need a full kitchen gut. Maybe you just repaint the cabinets. Maybe you put new cabinet pools on them, or maybe you put countertops on them. Bathrooms go where you're just, the tub's okay. Maybe uh, you just put a new toilet in or a new vanity or even e- easier, sometimes just a new faucet on a sink. And then you're painting, carpeting. Usually you don't have to do roof, siding, windows, things like that. Um, so wholetailing is really, it's just been super profitable. It's uh, more so than a fix and flip, believe it or not, for us, when you look at it as from a, from a time standpoint, we're selling those so quickly as quickly as a full-scale fix and flip, but we're putting so much effort in, less effort in, and our holding costs are so much lower. It's been worthwhile for us, and less management of contractors, as you know, which can be one of the most difficult and taxing things in this business. Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this, and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. Do you think that uh, wholetailing, in other words, not doing a full rehab, but, you know, just making it, you know, okay and nice. 
Do you think the hoteling is so much more popular now and working so well because there's just no inventory? That's it. You hit the nail on the head with that, Jay. We go back to 2009 when I was doing fix and flips. If I didn't do a full scale redo everything, you didn't have that many buyers interested in the property. Unless it was a first time home buyer. But as the market has gotten hotter and hotter and less and less inventory, people are being less picky, figuring they'll do some of the work themselves. So it's really just kind of taking what the market gives you. We follow in our business, we follow the keep it simple, stupid theory. And I think that's the best thing to do in any business. Whatever the market is giving you, take that, right? If you don't need to do the full scale rehab, don't. Unless it's going to warrant you getting an additional 50, 60 grand where it becomes worthwhile, just take what the market gives you. Yeah. So how do you determine how to price? Like if you're wholetailing a house to an end buyer, um, how, what's your criteria for pricing that home uh, at the stage you've got it in versus say a, a complete rehab? So basically what we do now with, with the wholetailing, we're discounting at 10, 15% off what the, what the um, normal end you know, full scale rehab would be, which is still giving some equity to the buyer should they want to do something there and still it makes them fly off the shelves. I tell you, they don't last very long when, when you're just doing the basics and it's, oh, people see it's clean, easy. I can change the carpet. I can change the uh, paint color or whatever. I can do this or that. So people aren't as picky as they used to be because there's just no inventory. It's hard to be picky. You take what's, you take what's there basically more or less. So in this market, uh, as long as it's clean and it smells good, if it's if it's dated, if it's dated, that's okay, right? Dated's okay. You know, you go to eighties, nineties style. People can live with that as long as things aren't broken, right? As long as you don't have holes in the roof and things like that. Roof is definitely a big issue. HVAC system for people. So if we see, we, as a matter of fact, we just did one in Laurenburg, North Carolina, and unfortunately it did need new HVAC systems. So we did install that. We're still going to do pretty well. This property is still going to net around $32,000, even though we had to do the roof and the uh, HVAC system. And the rest of it was a wholetail. Gotcha. So when you're wholetailing to an end user, are you finding the buyer by listing it with a real estate agent in the multiple listing service? We are. So 90% of the time we do that. And occasionally, like we did in one in Charleston, Tennessee, which is a very rural area, I had my disposition manager reach out to a bunch of agents in that area, just let them know we have a property and we offered them 3% commission. Or actually, it was 2%. So it was a little bit less than that. We gave them 2% commission. And the only thing we had to do was put a new hot water heater in that one. That was literally it. That's amazing. Yeah. So first of all, to be virtually wholesaling, you got to find these deals. Yes. And there, and there ain't no inventory to speak of. So everybody wants to know, well, if there isn't any inventory, how in the world are you finding the deals? Well, we got a little bit of an advantage over a lot of other people in the market. Most real estate investors out there stick with certain territories, maybe one or two markets out there. Occasionally somebody does three or four, but for us, the whole country is, is our oyster. Really? That's what we look at. We got inventory anywhere. Or we have preferred states where we like to do business. Don't get me wrong. But if there's a great deal in another state where we don't typically do business, we will. Just to give you an example, we've done five deals in New Mexico this year. We hadn't done a deal in New Mexico and I think the previous six years before that. So we just kind of take what the market gives you. If there's a deal there, we'll take it. And we also hit those tertiary markets, so second, you know, the second tier markets. Uh, if you're looking at a, a town or a city like Charlotte, 
go an hour outside, like a, a town like Kannapolis, uh, Gastonia, and then go another hour outside that loop there. And then you're in like a third tier market. We target those markets because people do want to live there, especially now with what's going on with the pandemic and everything. People are looking to be more and more rural. So it's kind of fit right into what we've done all these years, which is a big advantage for us. Right. So how do you get the leads? Our leads. So for us, it's our own time. So we pay no marketing fees, right? We don't have any marketing costs whatsoever. I had turned off the direct mail marketing in 2013 and just buy exclusively off these auctions. So for me, it's it's really looking at what's on the auction sites right now. We use VAs. We have several VAs that do this for each different auction site, whether it's auction.com, Zone, Hudson Marshall, HubZoo, Realty Bid, Auction Network, you know, HUD Home Store, Fannie and Freddie. We have them go through and they do what I call a first level dig. They look at it and we got kind of give them criteria what we look for, a square footage repair amount. And then they'll send me a spreadsheet on Excel. Yes, yes, no, no, no. So there could be, let's say there's 250 properties on this particular auction that's coming up. We might weed that down to about 20 to 25 that we'll actually bid on. And then as the bidding process goes, if we're getting outbid, we just let those go off. And we just pick the, you know, again, we pick the low lying fruit there. We're not going to go get into a bidding war. Today, for example, there's a property in um, Florida that was in Sarasota, which is a red hot market. It's a nice market. And it was getting, my maximum allowable offer is 141 because there's a buyer's premium on this property. So the most I would spend was 150 because the ARV was 350 tops. This thing ended up getting bid up to 203 with a buyer's premium. It was over 210 that that person's um, purchasing a property for, plus needed everything. This thing needed at least 125 in work. So basically, whoever bought this is probably an end buyer, but they're going to be upside down when all is said and done. So we just we fall off that. We don't. We have our maximum allowable offers that we'll go up to, and you can't get emotional with it, right? That's a nice market. I would like to have been in there, but hey, didn't fit our criteria, so I let it go. Paul, in case we've got some listeners that need to leave the show a little early, go ahead and let folks know how they can get in t contact with you and continue the conversation. Sure. Absolutely. So we have a couple of different websites, reoauctionacademy.com -E is one of them. And also fliprealestatevirtually.com is another one. Both URLs work. Um, both you can contact us. And if you want to learn more about our coaching program, which we do teach people how to do exactly what we do. As a matter of fact, we teach a lot of other investors who do direct mail and postmarks. They want to learn or postcards or PPC. They want to learn this aspect of the business. They actually hire somebody or have somebody who doesn't have as much going on and let them handle this whole new arm of the business for them. So again, uh, those two websites are flip, Real, or REO, REO Auction Academy.com, REO Auction Academy.com. And the other one is Flip Real Estate Virtually.com. All right. So you got the leads coming in. You got your, v, you got your VAs uh, researching all the houses that are coming up on all these different auction sites. How in the world do you have boots on the ground, eyes on the ground in all these different markets? taking a look at these houses to even know uh, what a close estimation of repairs would be that you need to do. Cause obviously you can't, you don't want to bid on a property uh, until you know uh, what kind of um, repairs you're looking at. Absolutely. And this is important. This is one of the most important things on how you develop these kind of relationships and these relationships end up 
blossoming and, and give you more deals throughout the, uh, throughout the years. I'll give you an example of it. So in Tucson, Arizona, there was an REO agent who I bought a bunch of properties through over the years from 2010 um, all the way through now. We still currently do. Um, basically, he saw I was a serious player in Tucson, Arizona. We wholesaled a bunch of them. And then he would start to bring me deals and bring me leads and bring me properties. So he was my boots underground. And how that started was, you know, I just reached out to him initially after I was bidding on some properties. And this is what you need to do if you're entering any new market. You need to contact the realtor or the REO agent for that property if it's a bank-owned property. Get some details. You're trying to get the BPO, which is the broker's price opinion of the property. And if you can get that, that'll tell you basically what they think the as-is value is, the 30-day sale price, the 90-day sale price, the 120-day sale price. And they'll show comps on there. And that's like, that's gold. That's gold when you get that. Um, so you utilize that, them for that. You also try to get additional pictures from them. And then you're trying to get what kind of repairs are needed. Because they generally know, again, the utilities usually aren't on, but they know what repairs are needed. They know if the roof's leaking. They know if the air conditioner or heater looks really bad and looks like it needs replacing with the hot water heater. You know, they'll tell you if the kitchen needs replaced. And the best referrals I get for contractors hands down is from these agents these and the big reason is these these um contractors that work for these agents get referrals and they get a lot of referrals so they do not want to screw over these agents when they're giving them basically their market free marketing so the the guys that we've used from all the agent referrals have all been good and i'm going to knock wood when i say that the ones that i've run into that have been bad are ones that i've picked on my own now, I've, I've also gotten great ones but the best referrals from people who are there who have boots underground and have local people who know how to do those repairs. So we rely big time on the agents on these properties. If there is no agent, we use a company called BPO Photo Flow that'll go out there and take some pictures of the property. And if we have a lockbox, they can usually get inside, take some more pictures, and we kind of tell them what to look for. You know, take pictures of the exterior, make sure there's no cracks in the foundation. Take a picture of the basement, the systems, make sure the HVAC's all right, hot water heater, kitchens and bathrooms are important. You know, anything that they notice cracks or issues with flooring, whatever, anything off level, we want to know that kind of thing. If there's moisture in the basement, just so we know what we're in for. And they generally do a pretty good job and they're fairly inexpensive to utilize. And what's the name of that service one more time? That's BPO Photo Flow. Like brokers price opinion, photoflow.com. And they do a real good job. And they're not in every market. So sometimes we actually have to reach out to other local agents and send them out there. And we just pay them basically more or less to go out there and take some pictures for us and then tell them if we buy it, we're going to list it for you. We do offer that. And if, if we do buy it, we do end up listing it with them or help, having them help us sell the property if they know some investors. <clears throat> so these REO real estate agents, also known as bank owned real estate agents, uh, they have the listing for these properties that are going up to uh, auction. So obviously if you buy it, uh, you don't have to pay them anything for the purchase because the bank, the REO is paying their commission. But do you compensate these agents in any additional way other than when you make a purchase, the bank pays them? We do at times, like if we know they're going to be doing above and beyond and they're not going to get the listing, we will definitely pay them. We'll say, what do you want for this or what do you want for that service? They usually are very, very fair with the prices and we're glad to do it. We just Venmo them most of the time. Um, there's, 
I, I've never really run into any issues with that. Most of the time, they're really happy to just hand the listing for you. I even have thought of them manage my rehabs for me because they know the contractors. They kind of manage, oversee, take pictures. They're happy to go do that. They see the progress. And they want it listed so that they can get the commission when all said and done. Awesome. And how do you find these REO agents? I suppose one way you can find them is, well, your VAs are looking at auctions coming up. They go research the property and right there, they see who's got the, um, the real estate listing on it, right? Absolutely. And you get a lot of these agents who will have five, 10, 15, 20 different properties. And they'll, they'll cover a huge geographical region, which is crazy. I mean, they're running around all the time. Nobody works harder than an REO agent. I, that I can tell you, and it gets paid less. Those guys and gals, they work their butts off and they are good. Their numbers are so spot on. For example, like on a property we had in Ohio a few years back, talking to the agent, what do you think the value of this property is as is? And she's like, I'd be somewhere between 17 and 20. Sure enough, we, we picked it up for like $7,500. We sold that for seventeen five. She was just right on the money with it. Uh, and that happens time and time and time again. The only time... If you're in with a newer agent, that's where you want to be careful. If it is a newer real estate agent, they're not going to be as experienced. You're going to want to try to lean on a secondary agent. Hopefully somebody that's in one of these towns that has their own brokerage that's been there for 10, 20 years and really knows the market well. Those have been our best sources far and away. The people that are in the small mom pa shops, they just know the market. They know everybody in town. They usually know who lived in that property, especially if it's a smaller town like you live in. Jay, um, they know people, right? And it's um, they've been our greatest source all over every market that we've ever been in. Let's say that you um, you make a bid and you win the bid at the auction, and, and all these auctions are online, right? Yes, they're all online. Yeah. So you win the bid. So now you're the the winning bidder. On average, how long do you have before you got to close? And uh, uh, in addition to that. Do you sometimes or always get a home inspection before you take it down? So I'll answer the first question first. 30 to 45 days usually is what you got time-wise. Sometimes a little bit longer if the title is a little cloudy or there's past issues or something wasn't done right at the sheriff's sale. Um, that's the first question, uh, the answer to the first question. And the second one, we never get a home inspection. We'll just send a contractor out there. I don't have too much faith in home inspection field business people. Most of these guys learn out of a book and never swung a hammer a day in their life. So the people I rely on are the contractors. I try to find general contractors that really know everything, as many aspects of it. And, and they, yeah, they're going to miss some stuff. Sure, they're going to miss some stuff here and there, but they're going to see the big stuff. And they've been a great source for me and they're far less expensive because you know, you're going to pay four or $500 for these home inspections. When I could send a guy out there for a hundred bucks to go give me a, a, a pretty good inspection, you know? And again, as you said, you find these general contractors by referral yes. from the bank owned real estate agents, right? Yep. And about 95% of the time, they don't charge you a penny to go out there. They're hoping to get the work. So that's, that's amazing. Deep. That's yeah. fantastic. Yep. Well, th this is a fantastic business model. You've got Paul, um, parting comments. Uh, you know, I love it. It's a great business model. The one thing I really like about it is that I can turn a business on or off anytime I want. Unlike the direct mail marketing or the PPC where you've got to be on those calls right away on a PPC lead or direct mail, it's constantly going. If I want to go on vacation and shut down for two weeks or a month, if 
going to go overseas, I can do that and just stop operations and then start right back up when I get back. So I do love that. That is my favorite aspect of the business. I also don't have to deal with home sellers 99% of the time. So those are two facets I really like. It's it's a real simple, it's not turnkey, but it is you. your time is your marketing cost, right? Your time and energy, which is your most valuable asset, your time is all your costs involved. That's awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, the website, one more time, Paul, give out your website for people to contact you. you got it. REOAuctionAcademy.com is our main one and FlipRealEstateVirtually.com is our secondary. Awesome. Paul, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Jay. I look forward to seeing you at our meeting. All right. Me too. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast. I'm Jay Connor, your host and the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. Here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. And we'll see you right here on the next Private Money Academy podcast. Mm -hmm.